The Cardinals have announced their starting pitchers for the first spring games of uh, spring training. Plus, it's debatable whether or not this team is good enough to actually win the division, right? But what would it take to get them to the ultimate goal, which is winning a World Series? We discuss it all today with Josh Jacobs from RedbirdRants.com on today's episode of Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffern, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou, and a lifetime Cardinals fan. And I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter, X, at J.D. Sports Radio. You can follow the podcast as well at LO underscore Cardinals. We want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We're available on YouTube as well. Make sure you like, subscribe, and comment if you are going to come over to the YouTube page. More than welcome to... Let us know what you're thinking about whatever's going on in the world of the Cardinals, whether you agree or disagree with things we talk about on this show, agree or disagree with what's going on, you know, in the front office, on the field. Let your voice be heard. Make sure you hit the notification button so you know when new episodes are posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today. You'll get $150 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just have to visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Now, before we actually get started here on this show, let's say hello to my brother from another mother, our very <laughs> own Josh Jacobs from RedbirdRants.com. Joining us here today and, of course, the new news podcast. Welcome back, Josh. How are things in your world, buddy? Good, JD. It's nice to actually be talking about things happening on the field finally after a long, cold, drawn-out winter. Scott Boris wants to draw it out even more, but the Cardinals are back. Let's go. Yes, they are. And uh, today was the first full squad workout for the Cardinals in Jupiter. And uh, we saw some footage courtesy of uh, many of the the great folks who were covering the team down there, like uh, our buddy Jeff Jones from the Belleville News, Derek Gould from STLToday.com. Uh, we saw some footage of Andrew Kittredge throwing to Nolan Arnato today. Uh, I got a photo here from... That one's from Derek Gould. There's Paul Goldschmidt uh, apparently facing, he's not shown here, but facing uh, <laughs> Kyle Gibson today. Uh, I got one here, which I really like this one, Josh. It was uh, Thomas and JC yeah. and uh, Ozzy working together. I mean, how cool is that? You get the wizard out there teaching Thomas and JC, uh, one of your your future infielders. And, um, you know, that. how great is that moment? That's got to be cool. And that's something that the Cardinals can do where they've got all these guys from over the years who are Hall of Famers who just come on by and hang out and throw out some knowledge left and right. Uh, Matt Carpenter was taking some grounders today at third base, but it's just really nice to see all the guys out there on the field finally, as you mentioned, that uh, yeah. we finally get some actual baseball happening uh, after, you know, we didn't see a whole lot of smiling and uh, fun times <laughs> last year. And the, the guys appear to be enjoying the start to spring training thus far. And uh, I don't know about you, Josh, but it, it, in no other sport, not the NHL, not NBA, and as big as the NFL is, not even in training camp with the NFL. It's just not quite the same as spring training with Major League Baseball. There's just something about the sun and the grass and the sounds that just kind of gets me giddy compared to all those other sports. 
For sure. And I feel like part of it's coming out of the cold, long winter, but also too, like the, di- the dynamic, like you said, there's past legends that often show up to camps. You have the 20, 19 year olds who are still years away from big leagues that are getting opportunities there. It's just a fun dynamic mixture of culture of the old veterans, the newcomers, the guys that are even further out. Um, and it's like you get messages like I don't know if you saw from Derek Gould's story last night, John Moselock speaking to the team and basically challenging them, saying, or I think in Gould's words, he said more inviting them. Who's going to step up and be a part of the next great Cardinal? Who's going to be the future? Who's going to be the next Yachty, Pujols, all that? And you see a Thomas J.C. working with Ozzy Smith. And I'm not going to put Thomas J.C. in the future Hall of Fame range, but you've got these young guys who are ready, like there's an opening here. And so I think of all time, spring training is just different from all these other camps, but this one specifically for the Cardinals just feels like a breath of fresh air, something we've needed for so for months now. And honestly, since July when it felt like the season was over. Uh, So I'm, yeah, I couldn't be more excited. And there's already so much to talk about. We're not even a week into camp really. And there's plenty, plenty of news going around. Yeah. And you you bring up a good point there too, because it feels like a longer off season because it's been so long since the Cardinals were competing. It yeah. has been since, I mean, you could maybe even say June when they were toast slash year. So it's been a really long time since, you know, you felt as a fan that like, all right, here we go. We got a shot because you didn't in June of last yeah. year and certainly didn't by July and the end of August. So um, that's, a, that's a, that's another good point. Um, now, we did get some pertinent information today, Josh, uh, about yeah. the Cardinals' plans for their first games this spring, which will uh, take place on Saturday. They're going to do the split squad doubleheader, take on the Marlins and the Mets, and the team announced their starters for those games, and it's going to be two former first-round picks and Zach Thompson and Matthew Libertor. And uh, it's also been reported today that, uh, to nobody's surprise, that the Cardinals are uh, setting it up to have Sonny Gray's spring training pitching schedule set up so that he'll be the opening day starter. And if all goes as planned, he'll make his Cardinals debut at Dodger stadium against yeah. LA on March 28th. And reports are that an unofficial or an actual official announcement will be made at some point from the club here in the near future, but it hasn't dropped just yet. But uh, back to Thompson and Libertor, um, they haven't announced which one is going to face which team yet. At least I didn't see that, but yeah. why is having these two guys start right away significant to you? I think it sets the tone for what's been one of the bigger storylines in camp so far, the idea of a six-man rotation potentially to begin the year. And to put into perspective a little bit of that too, I think some people have blown it up to be more of bigger than what it is. Um, I talked to Jeff Jones on Sunday who's down there, and he's talking about that's the Cardinals just have a weird scheduling thing for the first few weeks of the season where typically you play maybe eight to nine games in 14 days to start a season. And you're really ramping up in action for the first time. So sometimes last year they use the schedule as an excuse a lot, but like that first two weeks of the year, people's arms are, they're not used to the full, full grind yet. So you got to be careful. Um, and instead they're playing, think like 10 or 10 or 11 games and they don't have that initial off day. That's usually built in because they're on the West coast. They don't really have to worry about the weather. So they play like eight straight games to start the year, then come back. They do like an afternoon game in San Diego and they come back for an afternoon game in St. Louis opening day. So there's just a lot going on. So they're floating the idea of what if we added a six man into the group, see what happens. They're definitely not sold on that idea yet. And some of it has to do with health, but with Thompson and Libertor, those are the two front runners, right? If you're thinking of who could be that sixth guy, Thompson really stands out and Libertor is probably the second guy, but then they're also both kind of, I think uh, Ali Marmol said it's not fair to say either of them are fighting for their future as a starter of this camp, 
But at the same time, one of them could end up in the bullpen, and that significantly hurts their development as a starter long-term if they end up getting kind of pigeonholed into that role. Mm-hmm. So those two are kind of going neck and neck for, I want to be the sixth man, I want to be the guy they rely on if an injury happens, but I also kind of don't want to have to be the guy who gets relegated to that second left-handed sort of bullpen role. Maybe it's John King, so maybe the other guy goes to Memphis or they both go to Memphis. Uh, a lot of things still to be figured out, but these are the two guys. I know there's Gordon Graceffa. I know there's Michael McGreevy, but they're probably more on the outside looking in. It's Thompson and Libertor that are looking to be that six-man in the rotation or the next man up if someone gets injured. Which, let's be honest, uh, you've got a, a starting rotation that's old. It is old. Yeah. They're all in their mid-30s. I mean, Stephen Matz is the youngest guy in the rotation. Yeah. So the odds are somebody's going to go down at some point, and it's nice to be able to have somebody like Libertor or Thompson ready to go. Um, but you're right. Like it, it, it's something that we're, we're going to wonder about because you're like, okay, which one has to go down if one of them sticks around and who's it going to be? Now, I want to ask you, you, you get to play the role of Mo or Ollie and say Thompson and Libertor. Say we'll pretend they're, they're both pitching well in spring training. They're, they're really neck and neck on who's got the better stats. There's really no difference. Which one of them would you prefer? to remain a starter and which one would you send to the bullpen? That's tough. Cause I, I, I like both of them a lot and I mm-hmm. think both of them have a future as a starter um, upside. I don't know what that is for either of them, but I think either of them could start. I'd probably lean Thompson because of what he showed last year. Libertor outside of that one start against Tampa Bay he just has really struggled to go deep into games. And mm-hmm. so maybe he is a guy that just needs to be in a short innings role over time. But he's still only like 23, 24, so he's still a young guy. He's got plenty of time to develop. Um, and I think there's a real scenario where, especially if they don't go with the six-man rotation, they could send both of them to Memphis. And then you've yeah. got a rotation of McGreevy, Graceffo, Thompson, Libertor, and Koffenstein, who are all kind of getting their reps in. And then when the inevitable injury happens, because almost every rotation has multiple yeah. injuries a year, then at that point, one of them can duke it out and become the next guy. Um, but if I had to pick right now, it's probably Thompson, but that's not necess- that's not me casting Libertor aside it's just that's kind of my personal preference and he really showed some strikeout stuff too and he was coming into the rotation being in the bullpen for so long so he got stretched out a little bit in Memphis but then he got put back in a bullpen role and then he got into the rotation and he still found success so I think I like that through adversity Thompson was the better pitcher when Libertor when he got inserted into the role was kind of given the opportunity to run with it he just he couldn't so still think Libertor is a bright future but Thompson's probably the guy I lean right now all right, so Josh thinks Libertor sucks and Zach Thompson is a future site. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but yeah, I, I've been the guy that's like, uh, I just want him to pick a path with Thompson. Like you mentioned, yeah. the, the yo-yo thing that was going on yesterday. And it, it, part of it was they, they want him to be a starter, but things kept happening at the major league level where they had to keep using him. And it was yeah. it was just a bad scenario all around. I just, I just want him to pick a lane with him and be able yeah. to roll with it in a perfect world. All five of your guys who are supposed to be starters are fine for a long time. And you can let Thompson and Libertor uh, continue to uh, work their way up to the pros in a rotation type of idea as a starter totally. instead of putting one in the bullpen. But odds are somebody's going to go down eventually. So uh, yeah. we'll just have to wait and see who it is. Now, we've seen the projections where some outlets have the Cardinals favored to win the division again. But not many are saying their name when it comes to winning the World Series this year. So that's the ultimate goal. We're going to talk about why that is and what would need to happen for the Cardinals to compete for a title. We'll do that with Josh Jacobs from RedbirdRants.com next on Locked on Cardinals.
Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. We're talking about all the cool stuff. We're talking superchargers. We've got roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights. You still got some of them old lights in there where you're like squinting to see in the dark on the highway. Don't don't do that anymore. They've got it for you at eBay Motors. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Not just eh, sometimes, every time. Or you get your money back. They're not going to let you hang on to something that doesn't work with your car. They'll take care of it. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you, covering the top sports stories of the day 24-7 with the local experts of Locked On Plus, our national shows covering every league, whether it's NHL, NBA, NFL. We've got it all. So go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Once again, joined by Josh Jacobs from RedbirdRants.com, whom you can follow at Josh Jaco, so J-A-C-O, then M-L-B on Twitter X. If you're listening to the audio version, you're like, Jaco, how do I do that? J-A-C-O, M-L-B. If you're watching on YouTube, you've got him uh, his Twitter handle right there uh, below his, his wonderful face. So uh, the Cardinals have not won a World Series title since 2011. Josh, that Wild. is 13 years ago. So I, I dug back into the archives to find out what was cool in 2011 yes. so the number one song that year uh adele nobody even knew who the heck she was and then she released <laughs> rolling in the deep and then won oh, all the grammys man. and she was the top artist of 2011 uh harry potter and the deathly hallows part two was the number one movie in 2011 i don't know if you're a, a harry potter fan oh, yeah. um I, I ended up watching them after they all came out on okay. a DVD back in the day. <laughs> so I watched them all then. Uh, Moneyball was released that year, Josh, with Brad yes. Pitt. So, so that good. was a good one. How about the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Most of us who, who do podcasts are nerds. So we like <laughs> nerdy movies too, the superhero movies. So uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe was just starting to get going. Uh, Iron Man had already been out, but the first Thor and the first Captain America movies came out in 2011. Osama wow. bin Laden got killed in 2011, and uh, my Green Bay Packers won the Super Bowl that year. I was kind of living the dream, dude. Both my <laughs> baseball and football teams winning. What happened? He made the term winning in 2011, by the way. That was popular. So these are all the things that were happening back then. It's been a long 13 years since the Cardinals were the last team standing. They've lost in the World Series once since then. NLCS three times, NLDS once, wild, you know, wild card three times, and missed the playoffs four times. Now, many teams, many teams would kill to have that many postseason appearances. Oh, yeah. But we as Cardinals fans, we expect more from our organization. We want titles. And we both agree that the Cardinals should, should be good enough to compete for the NL Central title and at least a wild card spot. You've got arguably the best pitcher in the division, starting pitcher-wise, in the division in Sonny Gray. Three of the best offensive position players in Arenado, Goldie, and Contreras. 
You got one of the top budding stars in the league in Jordan Walker and his massive upper body now. I don't know if you've seen oh, the pictures, yeah. but holy crap. Uh, two of the most versatile guys in Donovan and Edmund. You got a dominant closer in Helsley. You got a lot of pieces here, Josh. So why aren't people talking about the Cardinals in a World Series title? Yeah, I think it's multifaceted. Uh, the obvious one doesn't even have to do with them. It's the talent of the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Atlanta Braves, right? It's like everyone's looking up at them right now. But as the Arizona Diamondbacks proved last year, you don't have to necessarily be one of them to make the World Series. So I think that part of it's, again, there's just a higher class in the National League right now. And then there's real questions about the pitching, right? Like, I believe it's been upgraded. I think you do as well. But, like, how much? I mean, it remains to be seen. Their methodology makes sense, even if I don't fully agree with it, but it, the results on the field have to show. Um, the offense has all the pieces there, but last year underperformed. So can you really trust that it's actually going to take the step forward? The defense and base running was a mess last year. Should that Will that be tightened up? Who knows? So I think there's a lot of just like question marks with the team, but you can see if a lot of these things actually line up the way the Cardinals think they will this year, they can be one of those teams that shouldn't be favored against the Dodgers or Braves by any means, but could go toe-to-toe with them and pull a, a Arizona Diamondbacks-type um, upset over them. And honestly, I think they'd be a better team than the Diamondbacks were last year if they were firing all cylinders. Mm-hmm. But as of right now, the games haven't been played. They haven't been able to show... Like, I think end of April will be when you can really start to pinpoint, like, is this team even a contender? And if it's a contender, how real of a contender is it? We'll see. But yeah, I get why people have question marks right now, but I think there's a lot of upside that I think a lot of people can see the upside. It's just hard to say like they're there. The Dodgers and Braves have proved it. The Cardinals have not. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's unfortunate, too, that their April is going to be so difficult when you look at the the competition that they're going to face and then the, yep. the schedule and stuff. We're not making excuses. OK, these guys are flying in jets. Then they're perfectly comfortable and sleeping in the best hotels. We get that. But yeah. How exhausted are you when you travel just for a couple of hours one day and these guys are going back and forth from the West Coast over the first couple of weeks and uh, it's going to take their toll and it's going to be a real challenge for them in April because they face a a lot of great teams that are supposed to be really, really good this season and were good last year. So April is going to be a serious test and uh, I hope people don't get down on them if April doesn't end up being even in a winning month, like uh, yeah. it's, it's not going to be easy to walk out of April with a winning record though, the way they got okay. things set up. But uh, you did a write up recently listing some things that the Cardinals need to, they, they need these things to happen to become a part of the world series chatter around the league. They're not there yet. We're not saying they are. We think they've got potential, you know, we've, yep. uh, Kyle Gibson and Lance Lynn become the guys that, you know, Lynn is the guy from a couple years ago, and Gibson continues to be who he is. Michaelis bounces back. You've got a good rotation with Sonny Gray and stuff like that. But, again, like you said, they haven't proved it yet. So the first thing that you listed uh, in the article, which you guys can read at RedbirdRants.com, I'll link it in the description below and in the show notes, uh, you mentioned the offense is something that they have to uh, – they have to – basically the word you used is be elite. Yep. Yeah, because if you look at their rankings through July 29th, I put this in the article, they were top seven in pretty much all the really important statistical categories. But then that's the day Brendan Donovan played his last game. That's the day they really sold off. And they ranked it between 20 and 23rd with most of their rankings after that. But then they stayed in their WOBA, which is like their basically their expected stats was still top 10, even with a lot of the injuries and stuff that are happening. So the talents there, it just last year, I think... um, their top seven hitters only played eight games together the whole year, 10 games, something like Isn't that. that. Crazy? Like, you know, 
people don't remember that, but yeah, the, dude, they never had their lineup together. Yeah. So like Donovan missed most of the year. Walker only played like 110 games because he was demoted. Newbar Gorman only played about 110, 120 games. Arnado missed significant chunks. Contreras missed weird chunks. Like there's just a lot of guys who missed time. If they could be playing consistently, that's number one. They need the, the people in the lineup consistently. Number two is you can expect guys to be taking steps forward this year, right? Like Jordan Walker could go from an exciting second half where uh, when Mason, the day Mason Wynn was called up since then, so it was about a month and a half left of the season, Walker had a 130 plus WRC plus, which would make him like a top 15 hitter in all of baseball. Nolan Gorman was like that and every month outside of June. Brendan Donovan, last 10 weeks of the year, was a top 15 hitter in all of baseball. Lars Newpar had a two-month stretch where he was a top 20 hitter in all of baseball. Do I think all of those guys are top 20 hitters in baseball? No, but do I think they can all play like it for significant stretches? They've shown it. See, if those guys are taking steps forward, Arnato bounces back, Goldschmidt bounces back a little bit, or even it's just the same as last year, Contreras had an elite second half, that they can go one through eight, one through seven at least, with the maybe the strongest top seven hitters in baseball outside of the Braves. Um, they might not have the middle of the order that some teams have, but they have the, the lineup depth that I don't think really any team outside the Braves can rival them in. Mm-hmm. I think it's there's a real chance the Cardinals have a top five lineup in all of baseball this year. And if they're doing that, that's the first and most important step towards success, success because I think that's the easiest one for them to actually occur. If the offense is struggling, I think that's the biggest red flag for them because that's the thing that needs to be their strength. Yes, because it's expected. You know, they they expect we expect the starting rotation, at least three of the five guys to have an ERA around four. Like nobody's yeah. expecting, you know, somebody to have it in the twos outside of, of Sonny Gray. And uh, yep. it, it's going to be really relying on the offense this year to uh, make sure that they don't have a lot of, uh, you know, dips in production, because when they do, it's going to be tough with this pitching staff because you're not going to win a lot of one to nothing ball games with that. So totally. uh, definitely something to keep an eye on for sure. And it, it's something that like when I toy and I, I don't want to start releasing lineups yet or anything, we're a little early <laughs> for that. But when you got Jordan Walker, who might be like your seven or eight hitter, like when you Crazy. look at it, when there's certain matchups and you're thinking lefty righty in certain spots, you're like, Oh my God. Like <laughs> you got Mason Wynn probably hit nine all year, but where, wild. how high up does Jordan go? If you're going to push him up, that means like a guy like Contreras comes down or, you know, you've got new bar. If Donovan's leading off, there's so many different ways they can go about this. And uh, it just shows you the level of talent that when healthy and when they're all on the field, they, they've got a lot of offense there. Oh, yeah. All right. You've listed a couple of other things that we're going to get to different ways that the Cardinals need to improve or things that are have to happen to uh, make them part of uh, the World Series discussion this year. So we're going to do more of that with Josh Jacobs from RedbirdRants.com on Locked on Cardinals. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins, and you can bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams when they get back on the court. They just got done with the All-Star Weekend, which was uh, pretty darn entertaining, but the real games will get started again on Thursday. You've got quick bets. You've got live same-game parlays. You've got exclusive props. There's a whole lot of stuff that you can bet on, just like you did with, with the NFL earlier this year. So many fun and interesting ways to make NBA games even that much more entertaining for you when you're watching them. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel, the official sports book partner of the NBA.
Once again, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with your local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows, which cover every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Uh, We talked a little bit about Sonny Gray earlier in the show. Uh, on your article at redwoodbrands.com, Josh Jacobs joining us here today. Uh, Sonny Gray was uh, point number two. Something has to happen with Sonny Gray to uh, get them into World Series contention. What does Sonny need to be? He's got to be the guy that we've seen the last few years, right? Like, I think they're, I, I believe he's a guy that's reinvented himself and he's been really good over the course of his career. I think he's like top 15 in ERA since he entered the league. It's just, he's been sneaky good. And that stretch in New York and the fact that he was in Oakland and Cincinnati where no one really talks about the, like the star players, really, unless you're Ellie De La Cruz, like you don't get the attention. He, he's been a guy that's been really good. He's got to be that again. He's got to be a frontline starter. I think the word ace is just so – it means different things to different people. To me, there's like 10 aces in the league. There's like 10 guys that can go up against anyone and you favor them every time. But then there's a lot of guys that are frontline starters that, sure, they're okay. They're one, a two, who cares? Like Jordan Montgomery and Nathan Evaldi just won the World Series as the top two starters. I don't think any of us think they're top 10 pitchers, right? right. So – Sonny Gray, he could be, he could pitch like the, the third best starter, the second best starter in the league, like he did last year. Um, he need it doesn't necessarily need to be that good, but he needs to be a guy that game one, the NLC uh, or NL wild card series or division series, whoever they face, you know he has a chance to go toe to toe with the other starter. He has to be that guy. And then I think the other thing that has to happen within the current bunch of starters they have right now is they have to have someone else emerge. And I'm not talking about someone be like a true number two starter because I don't think that's realistic. But it's right now it's Sonny Gray and then a bunch of guys that are fours and fives. Mm -hmm. If they can even have a guy be like a true number three, like if Steven Matz can be healthy and his stuff play up, if Gordon Graceffo can come up and be that guy, if Lance Lynn can regain his stuff, whoever it is, if someone can be a true middle of the rotation arm that is a tier below or two tiers below Sonny Gray, but a tier above the rest of the guys, that would help stabilize the rotation enough where you can see them having a good record by the deadline. They have a game three starter. They have a game one or two starter. They just need to go get that other guy. Yeah. And uh, guys like, you know, you mentioned Lance Lynn where the Cardinals have a plan here with him. And they, they think they, when you hear Mo talk about him, and they're like, well, it's not that he just needs to be in better shape. That's that's great and all, but we we think we saw some things that he was repeating things a little too much that he should have got he should have got away from. He was uh, he wasn't taking advantage of certain pitches that he he has at his arsenal. He wasn't throwing them enough. So they have a game plan of how to get him back to where he was just a couple of years ago, where he was an all star with the White Sox. Oh, yeah. So uh, Kyle Gibson was very very good in Baltimore last year. I know we look at the hits and the the contact that he gave up last year, but he still won 15 games for uh, a very good Baltimore Orioles team who until getting Corbin Burns had really filled those holes. Like that was going to be a big spot yeah. for them. But so uh, these guys are good, good pitchers and we're not expecting them to win 18 games or something. But like you said, you want somebody else who, uh, you know, who could step up and maybe, maybe if they're in contention when they get to that trade deadline, that is something that they can do is add to the rotation, which is another point that you made in your article. 
Yeah, and I love the Baltimore Orioles as a comp for them because, like, you look at their team last year, they had Kyle Bradish, who's awesome, and then a bunch of guys. And yeah. the offense was just good enough because the the starters kept them in the game. They gave up three or four runs over six innings. It wasn't flashy, but the offense was good enough to outscore the other team every time. Yeah. Last year, the Cardinals offense had to score nine or ten runs to win a game. So it just wasn't like you can't ask an offense to do that. So not saying the Cardinals are winning 100-plus games like the Orioles, but the Orioles had that regular season blueprint. But you alluded to it. They need another guy. I just don't see, even if Lance Lynn's at his best, I really don't think Michaelis has it in him anymore. I think he's a back end of the rotation guy, and that's the expectation. Who knows? Maybe it's a Koa Roby somehow makes it up and is just like lightning in a bottle. Maybe it's Gordon Graceffo. Um, but they really don't have that guy to pair with Sonny Gray right now. And there's, a, I think, an underrated storyline that I haven't heard a lot of people talk about right now is that the Cardinals have come into most trade deadlines the past few years with massive holes that need to be filled and we say the top of the rotation is a hole but to them that's a more of a want they've had to go get a couple back in the rotation guys because they just did they had oviedo getting destroyed or yeah. they had plante making spot starts or they had to go out and get center field depth like whatever it is they've had to make these little patch hole move or patchy work moves if they're if their work this offseason actually works and they patch those like bottom of the barrel things that are you have to just you have to have them in place to be a contender they're not flashy but you'll lose a lot of games if you don't have them they could go into the deadline and be like well we like the back of our rotation we like our lineup we like our bullpen maybe we pull together resources to go get that dylan cease to go get that whoever whatever starter becomes available because the team's underperforming i think this is the first time in a while it makes it could end up making sense that they make that swing to the deadline i thought they would do that this year or this past year but obviously things fell apart so they didn't even have the opportunity to do that um but yeah they have to go get a number two because right now who starts the second game mats michaelis lynn i don't know and if you're going against the dodgers and it's class now game two or it's bobby miller game two i don't like your chances there but if you yeah. can get sunny gray another guy and then steven mats lance lynn whoever it is that's that's good enough that's good enough for a playoff rotation yeah, and then that's something that this offseason Mo has talked about too, where he's like, well, you don't just fill, you know, just hit, put your payroll right to the top. Like you want to leave yourself some wiggle room for later on down the road. Yeah. That way you can add a piece. Like you're not trying to max things out right now as much as it drives people nuts, you know, where mm -hmm. they're like, no, spend now and worry about that later. They've never been that team. They That's not yeah. who they are. They, they always kind of leave themselves some room to make an addition later on. And, you know, as much as we give crap to Mo for things that he's done wrong, the Jordan Montgomery and Jose Quintana, you know, additions when they were contenders that year, pretty mm -hmm. awesome considering, oh, yeah. you know, what you ended up getting from them and then what you got from Jordan Montgomery after the fact last year, even though it was oh, a yeah. losing team. Like, those were huge additions. You can argue that those were better than anybody else's. So um, there's there's part of us that I know we don't trust Mo at times, but then there's part of you that's got to go, all right, he has done some good stuff in the past before. Let's give him a little bit of credit. Just because one year didn't pan out, we shouldn't just flush everything good that he's done down the toilet. Well, I want to encourage you guys to go to redbirdrants.com and check out all of Josh's stories and all of the different, you know, Thomas Govain and all the rest of the great writers that are there. This article, again, Linked in the description below because there's some other things that you have uh, that, that the Cardinals need to get to take care of to become World Series contenders. Yep. I don't want to give everything away. <laughs> check out the article for yourself and read up on the rest of it. And as I always say, you'll end up going down that RedbirdRants.com rabbit hole and then hours will go by and you'll go, what just <laughs> happened? 
what just happened? What day is it? And that's what <laughs> happens to almost everybody. So don't be afraid when it does happen to you. And we want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Cardinals your first listen every day. Josh, appreciate you coming on uh, again this afternoon and talking to us. And uh, we'll have you back on again very, very soon. Uh, at Josh Jaco MLB on Twitter X. Hit him up there. Make sure you guys are checking out the new news podcast. When are you guys going on again? Tomorrow. So we've got an episode with Bryson Motts, a Cardinals prospect in the system. So we're excited to talk to him. And we just talked to Jeff Jones on Sunday about spring training. So we've got some content in the, uh, we just did like our first scripted content, which was pretty fun. We've got some more uh, fun, like narrative podcast ideas coming out soon. So we're throwing a lot of content out there. So new news podcasts you can find on YouTube, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, JD, thanks for having me on, man. Your show's awesome. So I'm tuning in all the time and uh, grateful to be on. Yeah, great to have you, man. So uh, we'll have Josh back on as soon as we can. And for those of you uh, who are, haven't followed him yet, at Josh Jaco MLB, also follow us here on uh, on the Lockdown Cardinals at LO underscore Cardinals. Of course, you can find me at JD Sports Radio. Like and subscribe on YouTube, help our channel, and love for the Cardinals grow. You guys are the best fans in baseball for a reason, and we will see you next time on Lockdown Cardinals.